This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. In this episode, we're talking to the band Johnny Baseball about their newly released single, Fences, available online starting October 14th. And we talk about writing, recording, and promoting their upcoming EP, Don't Talk About It, Be About It, coming out later this year. Band's name is Johnny Baseball. I'm Evan. This is Phil. I'm Phil. How long have you guys been making music? Six months. I don't even, maybe it's been six months. And it's just the two of you? Okay, I'll, I'll take this to start. Yeah, you start it. So, Johnny Baseball originally was a was a, a punk band that I started with a buddy of mine like 10 years ago. And we, we put some songs out, played some shows locally here in Utah. And then fast forward a decade and Phil and I are starting to make some music. And it's coming, you know, the, the sound and the feel of the music is a lot more uh punk than than we i don't know i guess expected or what we started doing and so it just made sense to be like okay this is this is johnny baseball again 10 years later bringing phil in and so yeah when we'll both just come together on stuff i don't play any instruments besides drums and vocals so composition as far as like coming up with you know songwriting has to start with phil and then i hop in and we both take it yeah i'll I'll probably send Evan like 10 different ideas of like, oh, here's a cool riff. Here's some chords that could go with it. And it's never like, it's occasionally I'll have like a verse chorus combination and maybe like a cool lead part, but I've never sent like, Hey, this is the whole song. Let's do something with this. So I'll send him like bits and pieces of like, I have this cool idea and then we'll send notes back and forth. It's all just like quick, recording on my phone for for how it has been we're, we're gonna upgrade that here shortly but then we'll uh we'll sit down and we'll say all right let's take that and change this to this thing or whatever so we, the whole songwriting process we really collaborate on once i've sent like an idea he'll tweak hey do this different here and then once we have like a, a layout maybe we'll break some parts up and say this needs a bridge but we'll change the chords yeah, nice. Well, what do you think? Let's start with the song, right? Yeah, we can play the whole single. Okay, let's do it. This is Fences by Johnny Baseball.
So it usually starts with a guitar riff, maybe a few guitar riffs that go together. And then you start piecing it together. So what is it like for you, Evan? Like uh, you hear, you know, you hear a riff and it just gets you thinking on a song and the whole structure and everything. How does that all come together? Yeah, I think so. Like it, we need, we, I need, I need a piece to start. You know what I mean? Like I, I need something and then I have, I don't know. I just, there's, there's a feel and I kind of, you know, put some vocal melodies to it and some vocal patterns and we figure out, you know, what is, what part of the song does that feel like or where should the song go from here and having like playing drums and singing being that those are the only two things that I can do. It's, it's at least enough for the two of us in order to be able to put the bones of a song together. You know what I mean? Like I have an idea of, of drum parts I'd want and we can play and I'll jam out the drums and then, you know, write to what we have recorded or write to whatever scratch tracks we have. So, but so you're coming up with melodies, right? Mm-hmm. And did you do that in the previous band? Like, have you got experience writing songs like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've all, all years ago, just like Phil, I, I played in, in a few bands, both, both drumming or, or doing vocals. And so like songwriting and, and composing, um, that's what, what I like doing. You know what I mean? That's, that's making music for me, but um it's funny like you never wanted to learn like a you know i'm a lot of, you can't sit and p- hit the drums and make up a melody i mean i guess you can but yeah. like you know what i mean you were never driven to like more of a songwriter's instrument well no i should have like picked up guitar a long time ago but i just started playing drums got good enough to play in bands and then started playing in bands and from then it was like i'm not gonna i don't want to fucking just put everything on a back seat and go learn how to play an instrument from scratch because I'm too impatient. And so I should have. I kick myself for that all the time. What about what about the name Johnny Baseball? Where does that come from? I've realized in saying that we've got to talk about the origin of the name. It doesn't work unless we play the video so you can hear it. But like way back, not the early days of YouTube, but like kind of the early days of YouTube, this – a uh, YouTube channel called Fensler Films made these like shitty dub overs of GI Joe PSAs, like the old like '80s cartoons that played. And uh, yeah, there's one that's actually on the EP. Um, this is Johnny. Do you it's play baseball? And so that's where it came from. It's from a fucking YouTube video <laughs> that came out in like 2008. It's like a, the uh, knowing is half the battle things. Yeah, but then it's an overdub. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like the safety PSAs right. they used to play on like Saturday mornings or whatever. Yeah, we're talking two layers of obscure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, anyways, I love that shit. That's that's my sense of humor in a thirty second video. Nice. And so yeah, the that's how the EP starts. Yeah, Johnny, do you play baseball? I believe I knew your mother, son. You know my mom. Would your name happen to be Johnny? Yeah. What's it been? Thirteen years. What way? Fourteen, my lord. It's like I'm looking in a mirror. Does your mother still hang out at Dockside Bars? Dockside Bar? Johnny, do you play baseball? I like my own origin story, but I wanted to ask you, because we've never talked about this, like, what made you want to start playing music? Like, what was that moment in your life that you're like, fuck, man, I want to be a drummer, or, you know, yeah, I need to be in a band. Yeah. This is all, all I want to do is, like, fucking live in a van with my buddies and tour around the country one day um so i don't know when i was when i was young 
um, like when I was a wee lad. Like I just I listen to music all like I would just borrow my dad's CDs. You know what I mean? Just go fuck around and do what a seven year old does and so just I listen. Your dad and I listen to the same music. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I would just listen to like Blink too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, No Effects, Rancid. No, yeah. I don't know. So I'd listen to music a bunch, and I like that always sounded fun. So what, when we moved to Utah, uh, I was like, I want to play drums. And shout out my mom, who was like, you need to learn to play piano first, and then we'll buy you whatever instrument you want and you can play. Because she wanted me to get somewhat – she doesn't have any musical background, so shout out whoever told her to tell me that. Because, I mean, it was it was good because that gave me, like, at least a basic understanding of keys, you know what I mean, and notes and how to read music. Then I fucking can't do now, but I did it. No, I knew it. Knew <laughs> yeah, it but just, point. like, hearing notes uh-huh. that go together. So she made me learn how to play piano for, like, three years, and then I had enough. And I could play piano because that was our agreement. And then I, I went and played drums. And I straight up, like, um, my drum teacher lives in Layton, actually. His name is James Clark. Dude's fucking awesome. Coolest dude. Um, in first days, like, so do you, you're trying to go to Juilliard to, like, study music theory and play drums? So you just want to play in a band? And I was like, I just want to play in a band. So you can teach me the most basic of, you know, uh, actually, you know, actual theory and how to read drum tabs and stuff like that. Like give me just the tiny bit that I need and then teach me how to play drums. But why band. drums? Um, from watching, honestly, from watching like fucking Blink-182 music videos on yahoomusic.com or whatever, <laughs> whatever shit played on back in the day. Cause we didn't have cable. Like Travis Barker was just so cool, dude. Like guy with the Mohawk just going crazy like having flailing fun. around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he still does. Dude's like 50 and still, not, he's not 50, but fucking plays hard as shit, plays cool parts, just has fun, and is just a badass. So I love that dude. And I was like, I want to be him. So drums and then. That's how I was with Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Some guy once upon a time told Phil, he's like, one day, I'll let you tell that story. It's just I'll, a good one. I'll and that's going to be a song title someday. One day yeah. you're going to wake up and realize you're not Mark Hoppus. <laughs> um, but no, I just want to play drums. And so I played and this band um i had a buddy who i don't know it's a long story but there's this girl that i knew uh whose boyfriend was in a band in syracuse called sky sight and i listened to it and i was like this sounds like blink 2 i fucking love this shit and i went to their cd release party and like some kid that i don't know anybody aside from um the girl that i was friends with his girlfriend like I knew all the songs that had up on their fucking MySpace, and so I talked with them and just became friends with them. And then they, um, when their drummer left, they're like, "Hey, do you want to play in our band?" I said, "I'm on it." And so from there, I just I started a couple bands, played in a couple bands, and then didn't for ten years. And now here we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. I mean, growing for me growing up, like we didn't have any instruments in our house. My parents are not musically inclined at all. And, uh, like, I just remember watching Back to the Future and seeing Marty McFly play Johnny Be Good. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I want to <laughs> learn how to play guitar. And so, like, I played the viola in middle school. And so when me and all my buddies were like, yeah, we should we should start a band in high school. And we never actually started a band. But <laughs> we all wanted to play instruments together. 
and they were getting guitars. I was like, all right, well, I'll play bass because I already know four strings from a viola, right? That's the same thing. It's not, but <laughs> so it is so a lot I, the same. I started, yeah, I started playing bass and then uh, just kind of fucking around. And when I was probably 18, uh, I was at my now my brother's, my sister in law's house. Uh, but at the time they, I think they were just engaged, maybe not even boyfriend, girlfriend, but they were having a party in their backyard and their friend's band was there to play. And they, they were going to play the middle by Jimmy world and their bass player just didn't like covering that song when they would play it. So they were like, Hey man, you, you play bass. You want to, you want to play a song with us? And I was like, sure. What, what song is it? I'll do it. And like, Oh, it's the middle. I was like, all right, well, let me go grab my bass and I'll, I'll learn it real quick. I'll just download a tab. And figured it out in like five minutes because that's how I learned to play music. Like I'm not classically trained at all. It's like tabs are by ear. Like that's how you learn to, to play in the early 2000s, I feel. And uh, they I they had enough fun with me playing in their backyard that one time that when uh, they had creative differences with their bass player, I was the first person they called up and they're like, hey, man, you want to play bass with us? And I was the youngest member by seven years in that <laughs> band. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, from there I just just kept playing bass and, and acoustic every once in a while, but it was all just, you know, I just wanted to do it, you know? So like for me now and my kids, I'm like, I just want to have all these things. I bought a drum set, you know, I like to like dick around a little bit, but I was like, I want to have a drum set here in case my kids want to play drums one day. I want to have enough guitars that if they want to play guitar, they can do that. I have a piano in case they want to learn how to play piano. They can do that. I want to have everything as accessible to them as possible because I didn't have those things and that wasn't like a bad thing. Like my parents just weren't into that kind of stuff, but I am. So I want to make sure that's available. Like if my kids want to do that, like, yeah, man, here's a whole room full of instruments. Go play. Have fun. Next generation of punk music. Mm -hmm. What I love about the songs, they are very nostalgic. There's, there's four of them, I guess we should say on this EP. Yep. And uh, they're all very nostalgic, but they all have this different feeling. And so I'm just kind of curious about like, I don't know, I guess I'm just, I, I think that's cool. And I wonder how you uh, did that as, you know. I mean, so like for me, every other band I've been in, I played bass. And that was like my thing. I played acoustic guitar growing up. And, but <clears throat> all my other friends played guitar and they're like, we need a bass player. So I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll play bass, right? And so when Evan came to me and he's like, hey, I need you to, to play guitar on some stuff for me, like write some guitar parts. I was like, are you sure you don't mean bass? He's like, no, I need a guitar. So I was like, all right, so I got back on it. And so this experience is for me has been much different than what I've done in the past, especially the writing and how we've come up with stuff. Um, so it's been really fun. Like just getting back in, like you said, that nostalgic time, listen to pop punk growing up. Okay. How can I come up with some cool guitar riffs or some chords and like you said, this EP, every song, it it's cohesive. It all goes together, but each one is a little bit different. Some are a little bit harder. Some are a little bit poppier, but they all feel like they go together. And that's really just been between the two of us. Like, hey, this one, let's add this type of, you know, riff to it. Like, think think about this band or this song when you're writing this next part. And... Some of it is just kind of spontaneous. Like I'll just have an idea for a, a chord. I'm like, I don't even know if this is going to sound good, but I'll make my fingers do this. And like still hollow the, the first actual song on the EP was one of those where we were taking pictures one night and it like 
hit me in the head and I'm like, I got to go down and just try a chord out real quick. And he came down and was like, we need to record that right now. And Is it that first one? That the, the first one. Yeah. 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 That's good. So, I mean, yeah, some of it's spontaneous like that and we just kind of vamp off of it and other stuff is like, you know, I've just been messing around with something for a couple of weeks until we figure out the right, you know, path for it to go. On the, on the nostalgia piece, I think there's, there's a couple things to that. One being like, I don't know, we both grew up on the same, like I grew up on Blink, Blink, Blink 92, you know what I mean? Some 41 and, and bands like that. Um... And I think, like, I look back in, like, late 90s or early 2000s, like, punk and pop punk and, you know, shit that was on the radio, like, there was a, a lot of that music was just fun, you know what I mean? Like, it's not super self-serious, um, and not that everything is, is now, but a lot of it is, you know? And, and that was kind of a pointed, like, decision that, like, I want to have fun playing the music, writing it, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you can't go into or express or talk about like heavy shit. You know what I mean? It's not like it's all a gag, but just being able to have fun and not being so self-serious probably comes through in the sound because that's what we wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'll say I've, I've noticed that in the songs. It's like there's this very fun feeling to all of them, but then the lyrics have this kind of like, you know, fuck you or like, you know, there's like there's there's like some anger going on, but they all feel really fun, too. Yeah, that comes through. I think another thing too in there is like uh, writing it. I try to do like if you were to tab out some of the songs, like some of them don't make sense the way that we wrote them, but that was part of like, we want to do things that are simple, but then have these like fun little pieces in them. But really the vocals in all these songs are kind of what carries it through most of it. So it's like, there's been, like I said, other bands in the past where it's really focused on the melody that the, that the piano is doing or something else. But this is more like we're driving with these vocals and these words. And even if the background guitar part is just like straight power chords for four chords in a row, you don't notice that as much because there's so much happening. That is interesting that when there's other open areas, maybe there aren't vocals. Now the guitar can do something else. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if that's a because because I'm hearing you guys talk about how you're a bass player from other bands and you're a drummer from other bands. And so you've been these contributors to songs and then something happens where you're both like, you know, I'm going to put down some guitar riffs and I'm going to put down some vocals and let's like make these songs. But then I think that does lead to what you're saying, where then you're able to fill them in, you know, with the other parts in, in more interesting ways. And I think like. Evan has an idea of how he wants certain things to sound. And so that helps influence me if he's like, hey, the drums are going to be like this. I'm like, okay, so what would a guitar rhythm sound like with that? What can I, how can I change that guitar rhythm so that it's not just like a straight power or palm mute power chords? It's somewhat interesting that maybe not everybody will hear, like musicians that really want to listen to it will hear that. But like a normal person listen to a song on the radio isn't going to listen to some of those intricacies but that's what makes those songs different and stand out it's not just straight just chugging or whatever right right and then i like a lot of this stuff like when we went in the studio and recorded it it was all pretty much done uh there's a few things that while we were in there we were still hashing out some lyrics and some harmonies um but all the guitar parts all the bass <laughs> i didn't hadn't written any bass i wrote pretty much all the bass in the studio but that's that was easy for me um but 
we just we'll have these ideas we'll try to do a demo and get it as complete as we can and then we'll take that into the studio and and then you do a lot of work on it in the studio I, i don't say we did a ton of work on it we just polish it up you know i think we hammered out just about everything we could in demos without the polish in order to make it a smoother process in the studio. Yeah, we wanted to be able to maximize that time while we were there. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to waste time like, well, how should this part go? It was more, hey, we do need to add a lead part here. So let's bounce what we have and then go work on that. Well, we we recorded four songs at the same time. So while we were going to come in the next day to finish tracking guitar on this one, I was thinking of how to add leads to the guitar that we just did, you know. Well, and like you never had a chance to like jam it out or even play the songs together before you're in the studio, right? Not singing like guitar and drums. We could play a good, I mean, and that's how probably 30% of it was written and the rest was just keep it in your head till we go track a demo, you know, but we were able to jam out some of it, but not with me singing or him being able to play bass. You know what I mean? It's just the two of us. Well, and I would think with drums particularly, that would be necessary. Like you need to sit and play the songs. And I guess you can kind of do it with the stuff he's recorded, but like actually being able to sit and play has got to be a big part of it, right? Yeah, and it, it it is, but we were also like we would go program MIDI drums for parts that were simple enough that I could do that without sitting down on a kit and writing it. You know what I mean? So it, being able to do that, probably half and half, you know, like we mm-hmm. we – had to play some parts to get them written and get them down structured how we wanted. And the, the others, we were able to just lay down a, a MIDI drum track and go from there. And that's, what's like really cool about this process for me too, is every, every other record that I've recorded or been a part of, we recorded everything live. Like every instrument we had to rehearse for days and days and get it perfect. So when we go in the studio, four of us are playing at the same time. And if the drummer fucks something up or, I hit a wrong note. We're all recording it all again. Where this process for me has been more like, you know, for demos at least, especially like, hey, just get it right once. Get the idea in there. We're going to do some MIDI drums so that we know where we want to go. We know what we want the drums to kind of sound like. And then we can build off of that. So it's been a, I think it allowed us to be more creative in a sense where we can just do bits and pieces at a time rather than like, have to figure out the whole composition of the song and play it as a full band. We were able to put together this EP, like you said, in six months. But really, if you compact those days together, it was like two weeks, you know? So, I mean, we we, we did a lot in a, sh- a short period of time when it comes down to it. And it, so let's talk about the recording of it a little bit. Does it start with, I guess it starts with the drums and then you build from there? How does that go? Because we Because we sent in demos that we that we did ourselves. Um, Nick Karchner, the um, owner of Grotto um, that did the EP for us was um, able to just import the mini drum tracks. So we started with the, the, the mini drum tracks of all the songs and the tempo and, and all of that. And so started there, Phil would lay down rhythm guitar and then maybe some leads do bass, go back and do leads and then vocals last. And then drums, because we already had the MIDI drums in there. So drums are really the last thing that to record the actual yeah. like yeah analog drums. Right. So like the the original demos that you heard, 
uh, aside from the single that's coming out on now the 14th of October, uh, were all MIDI drums. They sound really good though. <laughs> oh, so now you've got analog drums. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shout out Nick. He was, uh, so not, not only recorded, mixed, mastered, but played the drums on the EP too. Cause I haven't, I haven't actively drummed in eight, nine years. And so, you know, he, he's a drummer in a couple bands. So he, he offered to do that, to go play him and track him oh. himself on his own time. Which oh, was I awesome. see. Cause I was going to ask if you'd made any MIDI beats that you were like, oh man, I can't play that. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it, I, I did. There's, there's some, the tempo and I don't even know what the tempo and fences is, but the verse just has this, it's just simple, like two, four punk beat. That's so goddamn fast. that like, I, I could have played that eight, nine years ago. And now it's like, I forgot how to ride a bike. So I'm glad that he was the one that recorded that song. <laughs> yeah. It's some some of it's really, really fast. Like I can desk drum it, okay. And I can I mean, you know, we've done some shit together. I can play some drums to certain kinds of music. I cannot play drums to this. Yeah. Like, this is way too fucking fast for me. Yeah. I'm lucky enough I can lucky I can play guitar that fast. <laughs> and so where's the studio? Is it Grotto? Grotto Audio. Mm-hmm. And Sandy. I am a little more curious about the recording. Just like were were the drums the only instrument that was done digitally? Yeah, yeah. Everything else was plugged in. Mm-hmm. And then, like, were there a lot of takes? Or I guess, really, my question is like, how much work does your producer end up doing for you? And is that expensive, or is it you know because he's your friend? How does that kind of stuff work out for you? Um, I mean, it can be. Uh, it's, it, it depends on the, you know, on, on your, whoever you're doing it with. Um, Nick at Grotto is just fucking man. He'll, he'll, you know, pitch in for, I think he, he talked to us. He's like, you tell me how much input you want me to have and have mm-hmm. vocal. And we were both like, dude, just, we just want to sound good. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so we went back and forth on, you know, like what sounded good, what didn't we tweak stuff. We did a lot of takes because I fucked up a lot of vocal takes and wanted them to sound really good. And then, you know, Phil would do something. We like, I can get it better. You can get it just barely better on time. And you know what I mean? So we we took our time in takes. Not that it's perfect by any means, but it's better to spend the time there than be listening to a song for however long after being like, fuck, I wish we had put a little bit more into that, you know? Yeah. But, but even still, like, I think it's, it's in fences where we added those some of those extra harmonies where we didn't mm-hmm. think of them until we're in the studio and he's in there singing this line and I'm just standing behind Nick and I'm like, dude, it needs it needs this harmony here and it needs to sound like this. And then we recorded that and then it's like, now we could do a third harmony. Mm-hmm. So there's three harmonies in this just the middle of the song, but it, it just fits so perfectly. So like some of those things we didn't have hashed out before we went, we went in there and we can just, you know, bring that when we're in the moment and it fits really well. But as far as like everything else, like I tried my hardest <laughs> to, to, to be like as good as I could, because like I was saying, we're recording the way we did here. I just had to do it good once, you know, and then we can copy paste and then we can focus on, okay, how do I consistently play this? Well, uh, the bass was the easiest thing. I think we recorded all the bass in you know, half a day or something like that, where the other it's like two hours, two days. Yeah. The other two days were all guitar tracking, all the rhythm guitar for all the songs. And I did all the bass and, you know, met a couple, matter a couple hours. So, um, well, and I like, I'm just, 
I think what I'm getting at is just sort of, you know, this is that's not really something that a lot of people can have if they're, you know, paying for studio time and they're paying by the hour for a producer. And so so that is kind of one of those things that because this guy likes you and likes what you're doing, then he's kind of giving you this extra, you know, input into the, the stuff. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's it's dependent on who you go do it with. You know what I mean? Like there are definitely producers that um like the bands that i've been in that we've done some music with that were zero input or would be like no just let me hand me the guitar real quick i'll play you know what i mean it's like there's value in both it's just however that aligns with your creative process you got to figure out like do you want it to be 100 percent authentically you and die on that hill or do you want it to you know have all the input that it could from somebody that you you know, you like what they bring. I don't know. There's, I don't know that there's a playbook to do it. The one thing I would say, like for the sake of efficiency, don't go in expecting a finished product with the, the bones not there. You know what I mean? Like it's, and again, it's subjective. That process could be different for, and we went in, yeah, we went in with those demos. Like we believe this is 80% done. You know, we know that there's some things that we want to tweak, yeah, we but had like the bones. we yeah. had the bones. This is what we want to do. And then, I mean, there were even some things like, for example, on play it cool, the second actual song on the EP where Nick was like, Hey, you do an intro in this song and you do an intro in this song and you do an intro in this song and you do this and this, what if this one started like this? And so he, he had that freedom to be like, to bring those ideas. Cause we we're like, Hey, yeah, tell us whatever you think we need to make this better. And so that song starts right away with full band vocals, everything right at once where some other ones will start with vocals and then it'll do like this intro thing, or it'll start with just drums and then bass, whatever it is. So I think that was really cool. And that's what helps each of those songs sort of stand apart a little bit is, is we gave him that freedom to tell us like, what do you think is going to sound good? We have an idea. We're bringing these songs to you as this product. How can we make it stand out and be that much better? And so, and like like Phil was saying, there's stuff that there's stuff that doesn't come out until you're in that stage of the process, like you're recording. You know, like you're you might not hear that harmony, in, unless you're two other people standing in the you know standing looking and listening to somebody in a booth laying down a line, and just an isolated track, and you're like, oh, this would sound fucking cool. And then you know what I mean? There, there's stuff that comes up that, that you won't get to. You know, some of those finishing touches stuff, but yeah, yeah, this is a super focused question, but I'm curious, just like, um, I think it's still Hala, the, 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 there's the part where there's like, you know, a lot of vocal, like the group sing Gang vocal vocals. part yeah. of it. Yeah. And it, I, I just wonder at what point in the process, like, w- did you hear it like that as soon as you wrote that melody or did that yes. come later as your producer? Evan, had- Evan knew that he wanted to have gang vocals in that- many songs. Yeah, I love that shit. That's that's just well that, that part. I just love that shit. part. I don't even. It's like yeah. you know, that's like the hook find your own or whatever, much. and it's so good. I I dig it. That um, that whole song came from like, so that was the first. I think really the first like Johnny Baseball song that was for this this project, and um, Phil had two riffs, like the da 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 da, and then the um what it, what kind of is like the chorus kind of part of the song like it's like 30 seconds total of scratch guitar and i heard it and i kind of knew 
like everything else that I wanted that song to be. So that one kind of came together kind of easy because it was just a super cool part. So I was like, I want this here. I want this here. I want this fast palmating thing here. And so, yeah. How much of the lyrics and the melodies were like already in your head before all this started? And how much of it was just kind of inspired off the cuff when you were Um, I write every, so like every, every song that we have done and ever will probably like I write it twice, completely two different versions. Like I have to. And so I'll hear something, kind of have it off, like off the cusp and like have something written and then we'll sit on that, try to get it to completion and then know that like a week later I'm going to listen to it a million times and I'm going to trash the whole thing and start from scratch and is it, is it like overview melodies and then you're filling it in with lyrics and fleshing it it's out like or everything is it? like i'll get it done like we could record and we do have every song on the cp um there's there's uh like a b-side version that's a totally different song as half far as of go. half of play it cool i think we came up with it, like the in, day in, of yeah, right, while, right when we were recording vocals it was like all right what should this line be i'm gonna go take a piss Everybody think about what, how we could finish this line. You have the bones when you're going in, but then you're like finishing melodies and lines. Well, also, that, yeah. that one, that one was unique because we, that one, I knew would be kind of easy to write to because the song kind of allows for a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So that one, I had had the first version of it, like lyrics, melodies, everything, like done. We have a demo of it. I knew that I wanted to rewrite it and do it again, and I didn't get to that until we went in to track it because I knew that like. It's a, kind of a simpler song, but the rest of it, like I'll just kind of write, come up with lyrics, come up with melodies, get it done. Like that could be the song. And then I just, I end up hating it in a week and then I go redo it top to bottom. And so that's what we go into the studio with is version number two, pretty much or three or four, <laughs> but at least two. The other cool thing with, with play it cool was we went in, the demo was one thing we were, we tracked it like that with at least all the guitar and bass. And it was a pretty short song, like two and a half minutes. And in between studio days, because we went one day and then we didn't go back for like two or three weeks and then we didn't go back for like a month. So we had a lot of downtime to listen to these versions of the songs that we did and then see like, okay, what could this lead be? What can we change? What do we want to do? And so I'm at Evan's house one day and he's like, we need to add something to play it cool in the middle we need to add a bridge we need to do something cool so it was like i was like out of i didn't even remember what some of the songs sounded like but we were like come trying to come up with a new part and so the the bridge of that song that's like a dueling guitar with some flange in there and some there sounds to me it sounds super blink 182 even though it's dueling guitar came in like after we i thought the song was like this Dumb. is what it was going to be and then we added a whole extra 30 45 seconds to the song and i just love it even more because we were able to open it up and uh, yeah and so are you guys uh, i don't know like how much of the marketing angle of this have you thought about and are you interested in doing yourselves i mean i it's it's something that i hate it it's no fun at all it's it's the the most frustrating part of trying to get any music heard you know what i mean to to do it yourself but it's necessary so you have to but i've got buddies that have have been doing this a while um and you know consistently putting music out and kind of building building a following and so you know like there's pro tips that you pick up on like 
okay, here's the easiest way to stay consistent and have some sort of an online presence, you know, like you can go, you can go look up right now and search like, um, release strategy on Spotify and you'll oh. find 12 different articles on like, Hey, here's, here's probably how you should structure your, re- your releases. Like don't do a long album. If you're not an established artist, cause nobody gives a fuck. Right. The first two songs, they'll be the only one that have plays. Right. And like release schedules and stuff like that. And there's truth to all that, but like, it's also not that doesn't take into consideration like your genre, right? Like where, where you fit. And I think a lot of that is probably geared towards um, not just like hip hop, but like electronic, you know what I mean? Like more solo act stuff It's just, you know, and fuck, maybe I'm wrong, but that's a lot of that works for stuff like that where you don't necessarily need to like go play a show for somebody to take you seriously. Cause you might have a song that's on TikTok, and you go from, you know, fucking nobody in your basement to getting a two hundred thousand dollar check from TikTok. Should we you get on I mean? TikTok, dude? Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we could, but like our shit's not gonna. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm I mean, not gonna write a. Fences could slap on TikTok though. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, if you're listening to this, go fucking make a TikTok with our song. <laughs> I'll pay you five bucks to go make the first one. Oh, but um, that's a verbal contract. But um. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just for for the first one, not for all of them. Let me make that clear. (laughs) But the first person to do it, just show me it. Show me you're the first, and I'll get you a crisp five. Yeah. So talk about the plan now, as far as releasing things, uh, all of that. You've got the single. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So single comes out ten fourteen, and then the rest of the EP, um, probably a month and a half to to two months after maybe. And then around like end of this year, early spring, we need to start playing shows because mm. that's, that's the part that I'm most excited for. I was excited to get the stuff tracked and put it out, but like I really miss playing shows. So go play shows, get people in Utah to want to go see Johnny baseball. You know what I mean? Kind of get involved. I want a body of work, although it's short that like is cohesive and cool and kind of has, not a theme, but like fits together. And I want these songs released at the same time. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we could like, like you said, we could just do a bunch of singles, but it's also it's like satisfying to have that finished product, the EP, like front to back. If you, when you listen to it, like I feel like they all flow together nicely and they're all different enough that they keep you interested and you want to know what's next. But the other side too is like the landscape is totally different than it was 15 years ago when I was, recording albums yeah, with my, my other bands you know we were like all right we gotta go record this we're gonna do a cd release show back when people bought cds you know we i probably still have 100 <laughs> cds from old bands just chilling in the closet somewhere and now it's like nobody's gonna buy a cd so where do we point those efforts like like phil was saying years ago like 10 years ago when, when i was playing in bands like there were two or three venues there was the basement there was um mojos there was y sound up in logan like there were a few and probably others um that had you know shows like three a week you know all ages shows and touring bands would come through and local shows and stuff too but um now in in utah like salt lake really is where and there's a lot going on in salt lake which is awesome um but that's where really the only like we places we would play a show, you know what I mean? Or some of the, where we'd be able to, I don't, I don't think our, our music is like the, the kind that's going to be fun to a bar crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't Not. go to Brewski's and play uh-huh. Johnny baseball. 
<laughs> so wait, why not? I don't think the, <laughs> I don't think the people there would uh, they wouldn't be there to listen to it. I don't know. I, anytime I've been to Brewski's and there's generally there's a band playing. I'm not there for the band. Yeah, they want this kind of music. That's what I think. <laughs> I think that, that every time I go to like, uh, you know, a restaurant that's got a guy playing a bunch of covers and he's playing all the classic rock shit. And I'm like, we don't need this anymore. This is not what people want to hear. You should be playing late 90s, early 2000s. Pop punk is what you should be playing. <laughs> yeah, you got to cater to the crowd, you know. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're, the, we're the people in those bars now. <laughs> a, a couple of my buddies um, who actually, uh, Brandon goes by cliche for his dj name helped kind of start like he and i have been kind of had been kind of making music for a few years in different genres and then i brought phil in and then we just took it this direction and he focused on his other stuff but he and and um uh james who goes by earthworm the rapper like they do yeah you know they they play bars i mean all over like going little tours and they they bring crowds you know because it's yeah. hip-hop like that's yeah and, and in ogden like People look forward to it. They know it. There's a scene for that up here, and so it works really well. I don't know that, at least right now, like I would love to have another all-ages venue for metal shows and hardcore shows and pop-punk shows and whatever, you know. But as of right now, there's not much up here that I am connected to or know of, you know. All right, cool. I think that's all I've got. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Yeah. EP coming out by the end of the year? Keep an eye out for Don't Talk About It, Be About It coming out here in a few months follow us on instagram johnny baseball punk is that what it what it's gonna be the ep yeah the ep is called don't talk about it be about it <laughs> all right nice sweet jb out